0: Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> he said it again. Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans.
1: This is so weird.
0: The party has started.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. Um, Really packed show today. So much has happened in the last seven days or so, it seems. Um, Lots of controversy, a couple of not so good results. And once again, the Sounders are in a fight for their lives for that number one seed, which the all-important number one seed. Um, Normally, we would recap the games and work our way into it, but there's a few topics on everybody's mind. And so we're going to start right away with questions and i'm sure a bunch of them came in questions of the same variation of the same couple topics so we'll get right to those and then we'll just free flow from there
0: drama baby
2: <laughs> <laughs> all the tea guys You got all the tea all right first question is from felix forever 44 and i'm gonna so it's a two-part question i'm gonna start with his second question um, Where does Tim Melia rank in that top five dirtiest plays you've ever seen or been a part of? So, let's start talking about what the heck happened first of all with the with Sporting KC versus Sounders and the body slam heard around Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's get into that. And then, where does that rank for you guys on dirty plays? If, again, you believe it was dirty, which.
1: You know. um Full disclosure, I didn't see it live. I was out of town, so I didn't do the game. Um, I was at an event and I checked my phone after the event. Um, I was actually out in Spokane and I couldn't believe it. Like I thought it was like I could not. I had a couple of texts. People like, did you see what happened to Christian? I said, what do you mean? And I actually couldn't believe that. Like I just, I still, I've watched it a few times since. And it's, it's. I don't even know what goes through his mind. I've never thought to do that in a football match like it doesn't even cross my mind and obviously it gained wings when the rock got involved that just took it to a whole new level um with that said it's obviously a red card um it it doesn't feel dirty because like dirty plays like a two-footed tackle you know i think like some really this is like something i can't even describe it's like it's just so weird i mean it literally is a full-on wrestling move i mean he Picks Christian up and slams to the ground. And I don't think Christian did much wrong. I've seen a a little bit of discourse of Christian deserved the yellow. And Christian was challenging for the ball. I don't think Christian did anything wrong. It's a foul. Probably he obstructs Amelia. But that reaction was absurd. And from what I understand, it was viewed on VAR and still judged the yellow. That that I don't understand. That's probably more egregious than the the foul itself. Because if you're going to get the chance to watch a replay of that, and that's yellow. and then the statement comes out from referees, it wasn't brutal enough. And then I think just for Sounders fans, that rings hollow when you think of some of the things Clint was sent off for, um, you know, and I think the rule is in football, if you make any sort of contact, even a love tap to somebody's face, you're off. So what exactly is brutal in this case, right? Should Christian break his neck? Should Christian, you know, stay on the ground? Like, when would it have been brutal enough that picking someone up and slamming him into the turf is not? So for me... I can't rank it because I don't think it even qualifies with a normal. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. I would love to have been his teammate to ask him what the heck he was doing. But it, it's just one of the most surreal plays I've seen. And I think the way it's been handled since it just compounded and made it worse and worse. It could have just been a red card and it would have been not talked about as much. But everything, The Rock tweeting about it, um, people making light of it, I think. Kansas City fans, um, the league you know, really botching it with the disciplinary, giving them one game. It's just been a compound, of a comedy of errors, I would say. Yeah.
0: Steve, is that ha- in the League Two, League One championship? I've, Not, seen, I've, I've seen stuff happen like that in those leagues.
1: Crazy <laughs> stuff. But, <laughs> like, I, I think, like, the provocation for something like that would have to be high. Um, one and yeah, you see like ridiculous tackles and things, but things that are football plays, so football, to speak. Yeah. yeah, this was just not a football play. And Christian didn't do anything. I don't understand. Really, I feel so bad for Christian because he just he didn't even, he obstructed him. Goalkeeper, you get the foul, pick up the ball, the play continues. So, giving me the rock bottom essentially is absurd.
0: Yeah, for, for me, um, watching it live, I, I was like, how is that not a red card? <laughs> And I remember in Vancouver, I simulated a head because that person tried to headbutt me and I didn't even connect. And it was simulation. And I got a red card for that. So it's the inconsistency from these morons that are (laughs) uh, referees. And it's it's shocking that someone can sit in a room and, and say that that's not a red card. So I went down after the game to meet with the Kansas City guys and say what's up. And I was like, Tim was the first one out. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> and he was just like on the defense, like he's obstructing me. He tried to keep me and push me in the goal. And I was like, first of all, you're twice his size. And if you can't push Christian out of the way to move with your two hands, you're in the gym all the time. I was there. I've seen it. You're the strongest dude on the field. <laughs> easily. How could you not just push him out of the way? And I was like, okay, well, you're going to watch it again and it's definitely a body slam and, and a red card and I'm sure sitting watching it again and you know the emotions are down he realizes that it's a red card um you know luckily Christian didn't get hurt right that's one of those ones where yeah. you can kind yes. of make light of it because he didn't get hurt um you know and for me it's it's a really, really dangerous play because I remember in 2016, you know, getting undercut on a play that's, you know, arguably even dirtier. Yeah. And I fell and dislocated my shoulder from Dom Dwyer, right. And no yellow card, no, not even really a foul, um, you know, and couldn't even finish the game out, although it was in the 90th minute. And that kept me out for like seven, eight weeks. Um, And so I think it's just the inconsistency of what these refs are viewing and, And what's going on in their head, I just don't understand. Um, Like, really, it's just at some point, it's just moronic. Like, they they need guys that have actually played the game before in there at a high level. Um, But the problem is, is there's such a stigma around it that none of us want to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I've been approached by MLS. Can you be a part of the review committee? And it's like, no, I don't want to even be involved with these I mean, you could pay me a hundred grand a year and I'll do it. But if you're going to give me 300 bucks to watch a video and dedicate my time to these things, it's not worth it to me. I think that they should come out with an apology and say exactly what they saw. And after review, this is where we made the mistake. Own up to your mistake. Just as we, as players often have to do in the press, we have to see the press all the time, right? These refs are making more than, you know, most of the players on the roster, right? I'm sure they're making, you know, close to six figures and we've got guys still making 60 grand that are playing week in week out putting their bodies on the line for a tackle like that to happen and then you don't protect the players um because it can happen at any time so it's uh it's pretty sad and then to see you know last night that celebration in kansas city is uh from an outside perspective i'm sure people are loving it right because you get to see um Two teams, it's 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 banter between players now, and I'm sure that the Sounders will will take that to heart when they play them next. So it's adding fuel to the fire. Um, at some level, it's comedic because no one got hurt. Um, so I I don't know. I've, I've never really. But then let's go back to Portland Timbers, right? Cultural cu- culture around that team is you know the, they're the Timbers. That's their mascot. And then we go down there and, you know, 48 seconds in, we chop down a tree on their field in front of their fans. Yeah. That to them lit the fire that has now lasted. We talk about it every single time we play yeah. the is, is yep. chopping down their logo, right? It's like a football player doing a dance at Dallas Cowboys stadium on the star. Um, so in both instances, no one got hurt. I guess we just keep pouring gasoline on this thing and see what happens in the next game. And hopefully – yay mar we're winning you know three nothing and you know he actually does clothesline someone
2: (laughs) i mean Um, i think brad you brought up like a really good point in that like we can all laugh about it because he didn't actually get hurt but he could have really gotten hurt yeah and i'm i'm probably gonna get in trouble for this but i think the way that mls social responded and continue is like
0: really effed up I'm sure whoever was running it was, you know, just like, oh my gosh, this happened. No one got hurt. It wasn't a card. So, you know, if, if Christian had snapped his neck and gotten carted off, they wouldn't have tweeted about it. So I don't think that they're in tune enough to the game to understand, you know, situations like that can be violent and, you know, looking back on it now, I'm sure they're like, yeah, we, should, we shouldn't we should have added fuel to that fire, but...
2: Well, it's still up, and it's, like, common sense, though. Like, you don't have to be a professional soccer player to know that body slamming someone is really dangerous. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm being really harsh about this, but if so, you care about yeah. player safety and, like, you're, the standard that you are as a sports league is higher than Joe Schmo on Twitter tweeting something funny, like... I don't know I, thi-
1: I, I, I don't think know. so yeah so I know those guys um Andrew and Jason and I know they got into it with sounders fans and uh, I mean you know you never want to go down it. yeah you never want to go down that path um yeah the, 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 the official league account making light of it I don't think it's a good look that's what think, I'm talking about yeah. that's what I'm
2: talking about individually yeah. you know if it's your name like whatever I'm talking about like the league
1: yeah I but uh. The only thing I can, and I mean, it's not it's not speculation. It is what it is, is because it's The Rock. The Rock putting any tweet out about MLS. I mean, they're going to grab at that, no matter how low-hanging the fruit was. And the funny thing is, The Rock was saying it's a red card. Like, he wasn't actually praising anything about the league. He's saying, that like, I'm sure this was given a red card. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that from the official league account, that should never have be been tweeted. I think they know that. Um, I'm sure they know that you, you know, they made a kind of a wrestling joke of laying SmackDown or whatever it is. And I grew up as a big, big, big wrestling fan. So we all understand that. But if I'm Christian, I'm playing for this league, I'm probably pissed off with that. Like, um, I'm sure Adrian, Hanoel, Brian Schmidt, they should have been on the phone first thing Monday morning to the league office. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, because Christian, okay, he didn't get hurt, but. I think if I was on the receiving end of that, I mean, I'm Christian, what composure he had. Because for most guys, can you imagine Ed Clint being on the receiving end of that? I mean, we'd, we need police presence on the pitch immediately and within reason, right? Because that's, that's out of line. So if I'm Christian, I'd have been pissed at the league um, tweeting that because um, you can't make light of that situation. The only thing that's saving all of us in this is that he didn't get hurt. And we can make light of it. The Sporting KC celebration, I think, also crossed the line. And if I'm Christian, I just would be like, look, this is something that you shouldn't keep joking about, but they have the right to do it. And the only way you can respond if you're the sounders is on the pitch. And if this wasn't a rivalry already, I mean, that playoff game, when they meet, I'm sure they're going to meet. They're the two best teams. It's going to be something. It's so, Yeah.
0: Here in Seattle, like if this doesn't motivate the Sounders to finish yeah. first and have that game against Kansas City, yeah, Can you imagine the crowd that night? And I hope that they replay that yeah. before the game in the stadium.
1: Yeah, get them put, it ready. Yeah. Part,
0: put it as part of the hype video, Sounders. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah,
0: let's. Yeah. It's it's redemption. It's time to crush this team. But that's what I love about hockey is that if that happened on a Kraken game, yeah. it would have been fist fight.
2: oh gloves off immediately like that's
0: what i love about hockey like let's fucking settle this thing right now (laughs) right and soccer's you know subdued in in that aspect because everyone's afraid to get red carter but yeah it uh you know for something like that i think it's but and i still have regrets over steve's incident in colorado like i still think about going over there and absolutely demolishing um yeah yeah you know, Brian for that tackle and just yeah. absolute throw down on the field because that's what should have happened when something like that happens. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, I still think about that today and enjoyment I would get of <laughs> having that guy go off that field in a stretcher. Also. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, yeah. And um, it, it, it's, you know, Kelia, do you have any questions more regarding that? Or we pretty much
0: covered all the questions that came in. Because um, I feel like
2: well, there were a bunch, but they were all basically the same. Yeah. The but. The-
0: Play like Christian's actively trying to get in back on the field into play to make a play on the ball. Yeah. I know
2: it's insane. Yeah. It's yeah. insane.
0: He actually reaches for the post to pull himself away <laughs> from the grip of Tim
1: yeah um christian
0: yeah i was in,
1: initially when i, I read about it before i saw it someone said oh christian deserves the yellow for what he did but tim's out of line then i watched it. i don't think christian did anything i don't even think it's obstructing yeah He's, it's barely no. a foul barely a foul yeah. He doesn't it's no not elbow well. it's not violent he has to look positions himself
0: and that's it no straight up <laughs> yeah, straight up that's the rule you have to go straight up yeah. and that's when the keeper usually comes through with a knee up to get yeah. you out of the way yeah. Right. You come, yeah. Up, you're not impeding on a goalkeeper.
1: What in the stadium? What was the immediate reaction from the fans? Like, it, as this was via it was, VAR. It was like, like a like, wrestling
2: match. Goal. It felt like you're in like a WWE, and everyone was just like, "Boo!" It was, it was like, like, like Shane crazy. McMahon came in and, and like showed, healed it all they, out or whatever. Yeah, it was like crazy. you
0: I know mean, they showed a replay. I don't know how many they did, but they should have shown five or six. And then after that, every time Tim touched the ball, the whole stadium booed. <laughs> yep. I, I don't think the fans got a good enough look at what happened on a replay replay Mm. i think they only showed it once up there so you know i mean if you want to hype up the fans you show it over and over and over again um but christian lost his mind after he got a yellow card for that yeah like that's when he went up to the referee and was like what is what
1: the heck
0: what world am i in yeah i would have gone crazy yeah that's that's absurd
2: i'm wondering do you guys have you noticed a different way that goalkeepers get treated when it comes to fouls and this kind of stuff i saw a couple things on twitter that like there's like a goalkeeper like people protect the goal i I don't know if that's like true
1: it's true and for good reason right because they're vulnerable they're going up for crosses and you can undercut them um you know it's always made sense to me. I think it does, it goes way, swings the other way way too much, where you can't even breathe next to the goalkeeper. And I've seen some refs handle it really well. If a player goes straight up and just out jumps the goalkeeper, that's not a foul, where some refs are still stuck in any contact on the keeper, anything, automatic foul. So you should protect them for sure because they're very vulnerable. But watching that again, I think I, I, the only thing that I'm getting at is the VAR. I don't understand how you watch VAR. And see that and think that's a yellow card. And the funny thing is, the, the disciplinary committee coming back and giving them one match ban is less than if you yep. had gotten the red card in the first place. So I don't I don't know. They've had five or six chances to get this right, and each step of the way they keep making worse and worse decisions. And that's what I think the league's not handled it too well because. Yeah, Christian, I think Freddie spoke about it. I'm sure Schmidt spoke about it. Like, it's referees to protect the players. And Christian wasn't protected and then was made light of by his employer. That's the way I look at that. Well said. And if Steve. I was Christian, I'd be pissed off. Yeah.
2: That that was very well well summarized. Well said, Steve, on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in the midst of that, there was a game <laughs> as well. And it's way between these teams because they've won here twice this season. And Seattle went there and won there. I'm just going to say Johnny Russell, for me, is the best player in the league right now at this moment in time, in terms of his form. I think he has like nine goals in his last eight games, but he just he looks dangerous every time he gets the ball. He constantly hurts Seattle since he's been there, really. Um, is, is Is this just a weird one of those things where, you know, we won there, they won here. It's not a case of when they come here, they're more free. When Seattle goes there, they're more free. Because I don't want to say that Seattle then shouldn't, shouldn't care about the number one seed because, oh, we can go to Kansas and win. I mean, you still try to get the home game, right? Even though they beat you twice here.
2: Um, I Keith Costigan said this before the match, and I think it's that Kansas City is like 8-8 eight and eight when they lose, and then the next game they come in and win. So, the past two times that they've come in, they've had a loss. So, maybe that's been part of why they've been extra motivated. I don't know if specific, but like that was yeah. definitely something that our broadcast team noticed is that after they lose, they tend to come back with a vengeance. So, probably coaching, probably, you know, the way the organization is a little
0: yeah. bit. Yeah, I think that's spot on, Keely. I think it's a lot to do with coaching there, um, you know, remembering days after a game of you know losing and then walking into the video and just getting crushed uh, in front of the group, like this isn't good enough, these aren't our standards, right? It's not too much of that, like, oh, okay, we'll get the next one, keep trying hard. It's no, it's not acceptable uh, to lose in the fashion, right? There's there are certain games that you lose throughout the season that are, okay, you know we got beat because the other team was better. Um, in, looking at their lineup, looking at the Sounders lineup, there's probably only like three teams where you could actually say that right now in this league, this late in the season. So the Sounders will be disappointed in that one, but yeah, I think, you know, Johnny Russell's just a, he's a monster right now. Uh, He's playing out of his mind. Um, He's got two years added on to his contract. So he's, he's happy. He's stoked to be here. And um, you know, he's firing on all cylinders because he's fast and he's strong as an ox too. Um, And most importantly, he plays for the badge. Like that is all you can ask from a player like that. Who's a top quality player and always going to play for the club. Uh, so hats off to him and you know kansas city's run right now is going to be fun to stop for the sounders and i know that they'll be up for the challenge for sure but ultimately they have to close out these last two games with a win Uh, yeah i think that that is mandatory at this point
1: Um, yeah um the sounders three defeats in the last five games um concerned or just is it finally catching up to Seattle that you know nico hasn't been there raul's been missing now um they missed the guys on the international breaks where you haven't really had the best 11 quote unquote, whoever that would be for hardly any game this season. So is it just a case of, I think, you know, only so long and no, not no disrespect whatsoever, but you get to the playoffs, you're hoping you don't have to start a Joss Atensio in midfield. You hope he can maybe come in and give you some minutes, but if you're going to Kansas city, you'd much rather have Christian and Joe Paro next to each other with Nico in there, because that's the guys who have been proven. And the Sounders, they've patched it together. They've made it work, you know, almost there, almost there, just a couple of games left. Um, But should we be concerned with the form? Because, I mean, we'll get to LAFC in a second. Lost to Kansas, lost to LAFC, lost to Houston before that. And, you know, in between tied with Colorado. So four games without a win, which is weird for the Sounders. And then... Two teams fighting for their lives coming up. Galaxy's fighting for their lives to make sure they get over the line. And Vancouver's in as good a form as anyone as well right now. And have been for, like honestly, like 15, 20 games. So any real concern about the Sounders? Or is it one of those things where it's just, you know, a combination of not having your best players for most of the season? But Jordan's close to being back. Raul for sure is going to play on Monday. Um, Nico likely maybe even plays... 40, 30 minutes on Monday, does that alleviate the concern that, you know, these guys will be back and we'll be fine?
0: Yeah, as, I mean, as a recent result, I think there is, you know, some concern. I think there's, we have to ask these questions about a team that hasn't won in four of, of this calibre. And, you know, where they sat in standings all season while making changes and adjustments. We've constantly praised this team for performing uh, underhanded. Um, now are things catching up or are other teams starting to figure out how to play? Are we, are we just facing teams at desperate times that, you know, sometimes those results go your way, right? Like I, I reflect on 2016 a lot, just no one expected us to turn around that season. So every time they played us, it was like, okay, this team's fine, but they're a beatable team. And then we came out and, you know, absolutely smashed everyone towards the end of that season. And Vancouver's doing that same thing right now, that turnaround. Um, Galaxy is going to be fighting for their for their lives. It's been a long time since we haven't played three or four games at the end of a season where most of those teams are already out of the playoff picture. Uh, yeah. Usually our last game is, you know, at home and, you know, we're kind of celebrating in front of our fans the end of a great season and, and, and we win. So this year's a little bit different. And um, Galaxy is a beatable team for sure, especially at yeah. home. We have to win that game. Um, And it has to start early. And I think that the Sounders will be on one Monday night with proper rest, um, you know, almost six days. And you have to be motivated at this point, because if you're not, then then something's wrong. And uh, because the reality is there may only be three games left in the entire year. Right. Well, there's no reason to hold back now. Um, And you're going to get a massive break heading into the playoffs as well. So you might as well leave everything you have out there now and, and see kind of what sticks. But you hope that you can get two, three goals in the first half against the Galaxy and bring on Nico at halftime. Mm-hmm. And he gets, you know, 50 minutes and starts a game the next one. And then you slowly start integrating him and get him, you know, 70, 80 minutes fit as you head in into the playoffs. So um, concerned, I think we'd be neglecting ourselves but we also have to remind ourselves how how good the team has been all year long in a grand picture but everything at this time just gets hyper focused and underneath the magnifying glass so I know that Schmetz in the locker room be like reflecting on the year as a whole look this is how good we've been oftentimes Schmetz will bring in highlight videos from the year of the goals that we've scored throughout the entire year to motivate the guys it says look this is what we did against this team early in the year and we can do that now so the motivating factors are there for the group. And, uh, you know, Atencio makes one mistake and is on the wrong side of a of a midfielder in Kansas City within three passes, slices. Yeah. You know, now is that time where one mistake changes your entire season. Um, and Atencio is starting to feel that a little bit because you don't have – you might not have a next day. Yeah, You're like, okay, I'll be better the next game. That interview after the last game is either next year or, oh, we did really well tonight. That's how those go at the end of the year. Yeah.
2: This kind of ties into another theme that was like part of our questions. And it's do does bringing back Nico and Jordan and Raul and all these guys, they're all kind of coming back. Is that exactly what the Sounders need to get out of this slump or is it making things more complicated? I I think it's crazy to say bringing back our best players is a bad thing. Like that feels like it can only be a, a good thing. But that was sort of a, a yeah, general it, question.
1: It, 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 it can't be a bad thing. Um, yeah. If you lose, you're going to lose regardless whether they're there or not there. I don't think you can say any team in the league wouldn't want to add Nico Lodeiro, Jordan Morris, and Raul. That's three of the top, top players in the entire league, in, in, the, in this country. So, no. it's The only thing, you for Sounders' perspective, is I don't think it's even a chemistry issue. These guys know how to play with each other. It's just their fitness. Can they get up to speed? I will say if we start touching on LAFC, that Nico, I know he came on the game was over, but he was moving well. He was getting his touches. And, you know, sometimes you get those big players and in that kind of game of 3-0 down, um, they're not going to want to come on in the first place. And if they do, they're going to short about the pitch. He plays like it's the World Cup final every game. That's what I like about him. And I think he viewed it as in, look, this this is not about this game. I need to get my touches. I need to run around. I need to get fit. He had a great shot, which was a fantastic save um, from the goalkeeper. And I think he just viewed it as in, another step towards him getting back to his best. So he didn't care about the scoreline. He wasn't playing that game. I think Nico was playing um, for his match sharpness. He just came on and was getting so many touches. You need that. Raul, I'm never concerned about. I think he can miss a hundred weeks and then come back and he's going to find himself in a six-shot box and he's going to score a goal. And then Jordan has been, to be fair, training for a long time. I think they've probably even been more cautious because they just came back so quick. But he's been in training. He's definitely taken his hits already. Um, he's you know had those moments where... His touch isn't quite there in training, probably, and he's had to work through it. So I think he'll be out when he's ready. Um, any team in the league will take those three. I mean, one of them alone can make the difference. So you can't get worse adding Nico Dero to your team. You can't get worse. Only thing is, will he be up to speed? Will Jordan be up to speed? Will Raul be up to speed? But um, for this, at this point for the Sounders, if those three are fit, I think all three start in the MLS
0: Cup final. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Those guys are so special. But at yeah. any moment, they change an entire game. It's different than, you know, your average player coming back. You just don't even get excited about it. But like we said before, is when those guys come back into the locker room, it just adds that bit of confidence when they walk out to training and they're with the team in warm ups and they can go through a whole training as a group. You just yeah. you feel better. You feel stronger. Um so yeah, I think I think at this point, I think the big difference is, and I think Schmitz touched on it the other day was with Nico's first injury, he felt that Nico was pretty um, cautious about getting his touches and training and kind of ginger. And I think that's partly now looking back on it why is we saw just wasn't the same Nico mm. after the last time coming back into the games, right? And this time around he said, look, he's pushed through and and it looks like a different Nico. And you saw that the other night was motivation to get, get the ball, pick it up at midfield, you know, stretch, stretch the defense and you know, get into tackles too and then take your shots. That's something we didn't see before. Was take your shots when they're available to you. Uh, so I think you're seeing a different Nico now and he looks to be recovered, which is huge. And I know that he feels better, um, which is great news for the Sounders. Uh, yeah. Even if, if you're losing a game, great. You put him in and he'll get his legs. And if you're winning a game, great. He'll come in and control the tempo. Right, get into the corner, pick out the passes, um, that he needs to, and so yeah, I I think it's nothing but a positive. Um, yeah, what do you you think about Leo Chu at this
1: point? So, it's interesting. I'll say this and I'll be completely honest when I first saw him, um, I was wondering because there were so many times I think he could have been brought on, they were holding him back, he wasn't coming in, and I was just like, I don't understand, you paid so much money for this kid. No, if he's there, if he's good enough, then it, the age doesn't matter. You don't, don't need to like, you know, bring him along. You need you need him right now. We were low on players. And I thought he was extremely raw initially. Um, seeing him now more, especially his performance in Colorado, a little bit more against LAFC. He's not as raw as I thought he was. He's actually a lot more polished and accomplished than that. Um, very, very fast, obviously. Um, But I think I would say far from the finished product. Um, And that's probably going to be more the tactically part, when to run, where is he making his runs positionally. I think once he gets the ball, you see what he can do. The reason I think he's not playing major minutes is, and I I had to learn it to get into that level, is... There's you're way more time without the ball than with the ball in the game. You you need to know how to play the game without the ball. When to make your runs in behind? Where to position yourself? How to shut down passing lanes defensively? Can you be trusted to track back when you need to? Especially as a wing back in this formation, um, things of that nature. Combining with other players, knowing all of that, I think is probably still a work in progress. Um, not as raw as I thought he was, and definitely an X factor. I mean, if he can come on and give you ten good minutes like he did in Colorado and change the game. Um, Yeah, you know, you can't defend against speed. You just can't defend against good pace. And he has it in abundance. And he's an X factor, but far from the finished product, I think, from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, I think he just needs to be, from what I've seen, is he needs that isolation. He needs to be able to isolate a defender. He kind of reminds me of Olex Anderson a little bit. That Mm. all young talent that obviously has speed can, you know, get him behind. But like you said, it's just not not trustworthy enough for me quite yet, Mm. but maybe he needs, you know, a 90, a couple 90 minute games is what he needs to get his feet underneath him. And and, we all know it's about rhythm and it's about, you know, connecting with the players on the field. So if you're only brought on for 10 minutes all the time, why, always, everyone's going to ask, why are we paying so much for this guy? You know, it's really, really hard position to be in. And at what point does he say, I need games, right? I need games. And if Jordan's coming back and, and, He's not going to play if Jordan's in the lineup. Yeah. Right. So this will be a, a tough one for the Sounders to manage moving yeah. forward. I think um, yeah. I can't imagine he's happy just getting 10 minutes here and there from what he was yeah. playing with at his you know club in, in Brazil. Yeah. Sports
2: is probably the least patient business in the world. So people freak out immediately if some guy is not immediately amazing or right. goes in and is like, oh, this is why we spent all this money. But like Brad said, when you go in for 10 minutes, you're, what, how old is he? 21, 20? Yeah, he's a kid. kid The kid is from another country, comes in to a various, I mean, some would argue the Yankees of Major League Soccer in certain ways. Like, give him a chance, you know, give him some chances. The more patient you are occasionally in the business of sports, the better it ends up being. So.
1: Yeah, um, I think Brad makes a good point that, you know, I was there, Brad was there as well as a player. We, we, we were young when we came to the Sounders, but you want to play. Um, as much as the coach staff can say, we want to bring you along. I'm sure Leo wants to play. Um, quickly touch on LAFC, um, that game. I'm not one for really, you know, I think I take each game as it is. I don't like to always draw parallels between you know two separate games and say, we're seeing a theme or a pattern. I think themes and patterns can be seen across 20 games, 25 games, the course of a season rather than two games. But I will say this, and I think Christian spoke about in his post-match interview as well, is the LAFC defeat was very similar to the Houston defeat, where I thought the Sounders were playing well until they conceded a first goal. And then they just collapsed. And I think Christian mentioned it in his post-match interview, as I said. Because in Houston, I remember we covered that game on the TV and Sounders started the game very well. They were moving the ball, the passing was good, it was triangles, Freddie looked into it, and then Max Ruti scored that goal and just never recovered. And it looked the same with the LAFC game. Once that first goal went in, you know, a couple of breakdowns in midfield, and then it just was all LAFC. Um, Nothing to worry about too much there, but I think what I learned, one, that's the value of Joao Paulo. Um, he was missed. He was badly, badly, badly missed. And it's kind of one of those things like Aussie as well, where once you take them out, you probably appreciate them even more um, of what they bring. And the second thing is going to sound weird to say in a game where you lose so lopsided, I think, you know, the was lost badly. I thought Yehmer was fantastic. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I never get a chance to really just watch him because I was at home actually watching the game. And I said, let me focus on every time the ball comes near him. I mean, he was out. I mean, he took, a, he ran stride for stride with Brian Rodriguez. He was all over Arango. He he was truly fantastic from a one-on-one defensive matchup. Um, Yema was. And I think you missed Jaapalo. Those are the two positives I can take from the game. Um, everything else was quite concerning, how easily um, LAFC, who... Really, they're a shell, a shadow of the team they once were. They, this is not the 2019 Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Atwester. This is not that team. And they took the Sounders apart. They really did. And I think there's room for concern in how easily Houston were getting in behind and how easily LAFC also were getting in behind. Um, nothing crazy that can't be fixed on a training pitch, but I think you do look at those defeats to teams you probably shouldn't lose to, especially with how good their away form has been. And that would be my concern, that we collapse after the first goal and never really look like coming back.
2: Yeah, Steve, that's a good observation. We are actually – we are winless when we trail at halftime this year.
0: There you go. You're winless. Um, yeah. Well, Houston and Houston had the same, you know, front three strategy as LAFC. Super fast, yeah. super athletic. And what did we talk about before the Houston game? That was my concern was – the athleticism and and speed of a front three going up against the Sounders, you know, back three, back five, whatever you want to call it. So that Brian Rodriguez goal, you know, Yamar takes a look the other way, and Brian's yeah. right in behind him. And yes, yeah. he match him pace for pace, but yeah. you no know, of a head start, yeah, the of the head start exactly. And the Sounders got cut uh, in that situation. Um, yeah, so that's still a concern for me is is speed and athleticism, you know. But there's no reason why, you know, a Latif blessing Raheem Edwards midfield should boss the Sounders and, you know, get out with a result. So um, some work to do for sure. But, you know, again, it's a desperate LAFC team also, right? Everyone there is on the hot seat. There's going to be massive changes down there or big-time reinforcements coming in. But they're getting Vela back on the pitch, and that's motivating for them, I'm sure, with just having him as a presence lifts everyone right because you can say okay yeah. i'll go i'll go 70 minutes as hard as i can and instead of bringing in a, a, a youngster a rookie you know you can bring in vela off the bench uh, yeah. i think that that motivates everyone and hopefully that is the same for the sounders moving forward as you know we get these big dps and big players back on the bench
1: yeah um any more questions or we're moving to over and under
2: uh no we are moving on to over under now it's time for over under presented by emerald queen casino over under points that will be needed to win the west i have over under
1: 61.5 so the sound is a predictable a B-A. over yeah
2: yeah they're gonna need more than four points so okay
1: in to win both games
2: yeah they need to win both games all right i yeah. i actually agree with that um and like you said it's tough two games because two teams that are still fighting for
1: you know postseason what sport and KC schedule is what so they go to minnesota tough game
2: yeah.
1: they go to austin That's there. And they play at home to salt lake yeah.
2: i mean yeah. three and eight days is tough
1: yeah, are three and eight
2: is, is tough they, we've gotten past road, those yeah. so you know all yeah. right, over, under, points we will get out of these last two matches. I already know the answer because we all say that we need six. I had it at 4.5, so over for both.
1: That, that we will get? No, that we, that
2: we need to get. Need
1: to get? Yeah, six. Um, you yeah, have to win both because 4 he has a game in hand as well, so they have room yep. for error. Um, have to, what's, the, what's the tiebreaker? Is it goal difference? I don't know what it is. I yeah. have to look
2: it up they sometimes it. it's head to
1: head sometimes sometimes it's, it's head
2: head sometimes it's wins sometimes it's goal differential I'll, I'll check it i'll put it in the show notes for everybody
1: yeah. goal <laughs> difference is close they're on plus 22 Sounders are on plus 20. so if it is goal difference then it's yeah what do
2: you think it should be i think it should be wins i think if you have the most wins that should be the um, tiebreaker
1: i don't mind wins or goal difference
0: yeah, yeah.
1: okay Yeah. i don't mind either one yeah because wins is tough as well because just the schedule just even if you're all in the west it's still an unbalanced schedule
0: it's total number, total number of wins. Yeah. Okay. Then goal differential, then goals four. Mm, and yeah. then U.S. disciplinary. Oh, wow. Maybe
1: head to head.
2: So head to head's not even.
1: I think you don't play. Yeah, it's so weird how. Everyone. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you play against teams twice and stuff. Yeah, true. Even in your own. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. Well, I think wins is the right way to go anyway. All right. Uh, last one. <laughs> Over under a number of pumpkin spice lattes I've had this fall already this year.
1: Um, I put it at
2: six point five. Over under six point
1: five. Fall began when? September? End we'll of September? say it
2: started September first is when I started
1: counting. Over. That you've had six? Oh, way more. Yeah. Six a week.
2: <laughs> I have had <laughs> I have had twelve, so Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's all This absolutely. has just turned
2: into me trolling myself at the end of every episode, but uh, <laughs> this edition of Over Under was presented by Emerald Queen Casino, the betting capital of the
1: Northwest.
2: Thanks for playing.
1: All right. Well, Sounders play Monday night um, a Halloween game. Sounders at home to LAFC. Um, we'll have that game at the 7pm kickoff. will be on the air at 6.30. Um, game's also on the radio. And KJR. What um, are you guys
2: dressing up like for Halloween? I'm sure our fans would love to know.
1: I've never, oh no, I've dressed up once. That's not true. When I was in college, I, I've never, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, can't do the whole costume thing. I don't know. I can't do it. Like it's too much work and I don't go out. So it's like, I'm going to dress up to walk around the house.
2: Steve, are you one of those Weird. athletes? That's just like, I dressed up like myself this
1: year. No, 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 I wouldn't know. But what's <laughs> it, it, Halloween's busy where I live. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of kids. And yeah. In, I'm not gonna make the mistake I've made the last three years. We actually run out of chocolates and sweets and candy, so I'm gonna stack up properly and be ready for them because nice. there's a lot of kids that come in. I'm, I'm very generous, is what. Well. It's not one. you take a bunch. Go. So, uh, but I'm not gonna dress up.
2: Brad, which Keanu Reeves character are you gonna dress up as this year?
1: <laughs>
2: the Matrix.
0: I, o- I always go as a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> I have this. Gorilla costume that I borrowed from a neighbor and uh, never failed. I'll put on the black pants, black clothes. <laughs> absolutely scare the lid out of everyone that I encounter. I love scaring people. That's like, amazing. I absolutely love it so much. When Leo Gonzalez was on the team, um, I would videotape it too. When, <laughs> Gonzalez, when Omar and I were roommates in national team, I have some good videos. They might be on the cloud somewhere. <laughs> That's
2: oh, funny. That's amazing. Jeez. Well, I will be Regina George from Mean Girls. I have a blonde wig and everything, so.
1: Still... Mean Mean Girls. Oh, Mean Girls. Yeah, 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 classic. Well, you're actually going out trick or treating.
2: No, I'm not going trick or treating. I'm going okay. to one of those millennial we're grown up things pretending like that. that we're still young enough to have a Halloween party parties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, folks.
0: Hey, see yeah. Yeah. Do you ever? I have this dream where, like, I still play soccer, but mm-hmm. I'm so slow. Like, I can never, <laughs> I can never get to the ball, and if I try to <laughs> sprint in my dream, I can't sprint. Like, it's honestly like I'm moving in slow motion, and it like wakes me up all the time. I haven't had that. I can't say that. That's <laughs> a
2: recurring thing in dreams where you like can't move, quite yeah. and you're like trying to run, and you just like can't run. Yeah, it's a I guy. have yeah.
1: I, I, but you sound like you guys dream. I don't. Dream, I don't think I dream. Like I, like I don't know that I dream, a lot. I remember. can't remember. Yeah, I don't. If I do, I don't remember it. And if the ones I remember, it seems like it's like years apart. Like I remember like once every couple years. Okay, that was a dream it's I had. So but.
0: Crazy. Like I'll be at Schmetzer's practice. <laughs> like I can't get To the ball, and then it, I wake up.
2: I actually had this recurring dream, I tweeted about it today, where I'm like in high school, but I'm not actually, I'm like my age, and I've already graduated, but for whatever reason, I need to like pass a science or a math class, and I haven't been going all semester, and I like panic every single time, but I had it this morning, and in the dream, I was like, this is stupid, I've already graduated, and I like walked through this like bright light, and I'm like, I just moved on from something
1: yeah. something oh,
2: wow. pivotal just happened to me this morning
1: yeah i wish I that that's that's crazy that is crazy no i i think if i had a dream of a bright light i'd walk the other way i'm not going towards the bright light
2: not going to no god no
1: absolutely not. i don't know I'm still, here. I'm still here <laughs> all right love it well we'll be back next week uh sounders galaxy monday 7 p.m Looking forward to it. Should be a great one. Uh, Galaxy will concede, I would say that. Um, they've given up 50 goals this year, uh, which is absurd for a team that actually was in contention for the number one seed for two thirds of the season. So look forward to Raul being back, Nico playing minutes, and possibly a Jordan Morris appearance on the bench. And we'll be back next week. This has been Side by Side. <laughs>